It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, February 25th, 2022. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. The Sitka Fire Department responded to a small fire in an apartment on Burkhart Drive Wednesday, shortly after 7 p.m. One fire engine and eight fire personnel responded to the call. According to a report from the fire station, a piece of plastic next to a hot stovetop caught fire. The smoke from the flames in the kitchen activated the apartment complex's sprinkler system, which put out the bulk of the blaze. The fire caused some smoke damage to the apartment, but no structural damage and no injuries were reported. All-terrain vehicles are now street legal in Sitka, but there are still a few steps ATV users must take before they're road ready. Beginning next Friday, March 4th, Sitkins can register their ATVs at the Sitka Police Department anytime between noon and 3 p.m. All ATVs must be inspected by police to ensure they comply with local regulations. The cost to register a vehicle with the city is $100. Registering the ATV with the state is a separate process. ATVs must be registered with both the city and the state before they're considered road legal in Sitka. Registration forms will be available on the city's website beginning on March 1st. Alaska's congressional delegation has condemned Russia's attack on Ukraine and called out Russian President Vladimir Putin's aggression. In emailed statements on Thursday, none of the three Republicans criticized President Biden. Senator Lisa Murkowski said the country must unite around severe sanctions and punish Russia for its crimes. Congressman Don Young called Putin an authoritarian thug and said America doesn't back down from dictators. Senator Dan Sullivan said Putin is driven by historical grievances and paranoid about neighboring democracies. He did not grant an interview request, but later in a videotaped statement, Sullivan did find fault with Biden. The President of the United States said, His administration is doing everything they can to help with energy independence and make sure energy prices are not skyrocketing because of this crisis. That's not true. Mr. President, you need to do much more. You need to get your boot off the neck of American energy producers. Sullivan said the administration should proceed with development in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge and elsewhere. Opponents of drilling in the Arctic Refuge say production would be years away and would not serve to counter the current price spike. Governor Mike Dunleavy, in a message on Twitter on Thursday, said he differs with President Biden on domestic energy production, but said now's the time for unity against Russia's attack on democracy. In the afternoon, Dunleavy issued a press release saying Alaska's energy resources are an asset to national security. The state of Alaska announced it may finally sell one of its original mainline ferries that's been tied up for over two years. As Coast Alaska's Jacob Resnick reports, it's the latest twist in the fate of the ferry Malaspina that hasn't sailed since late 2019. The Dunleavy administration announced late Friday that an unnamed U.S. buyer is interested in purchasing the Malaspina for an undisclosed amount. Now it's asking for other interested parties to make an offer. DOT officials say the preference would be for the 59-year-old vessel to remain in Alaska, though that wouldn't be a requirement. Last year, Governor Mike Dunleavy offered to give the ship away to the Philippines, but it wasn't accepted due to the amount of work needed to rehab a vessel that had been stripped and suffered some storm damage while moored in Ketchikan. The former mainliner has been offline since December 2019, when DOT balked at the estimated $16 million in steelwork needed to keep the ship seaworthy. 
A Coast Alaska investigation last year found that the state is paying nearly $75,000 a month to keep it. That's after insurance costs are factored in with mooring fees at a private berth in Ketchikan owned by the Ward Cove Group. Several interested buyers said their inquiries to purchase the ship had been ignored, even as agency officials privately expressed concern over the mounting costs of keeping the idled ship in the fleet. That's according to interviews and review of several hundred emails released to Coast Alaska in a records request. Alaska Marine Highway System officials last year told lawmakers they were working with the Environmental Protection Agency to prepare to scuttle the Malaspina in deep water. But in a notice posted on the state's website, it says proposals for scuttling the vessel are not being considered at this time. The Malaspina was built in 1963 and was one of the Marine Highway's original three mainline ferries. The Taku was sold for scrap in 2018. The Matanuska is still in service. In a statement to Coast Alaska, a DOT spokesperson wrote that the agency's priority is finding the best interest of the state, which wouldn't necessarily mean fetching top dollar. There's value in preserving the vessel's historical value for Alaskans, and the statement concluded that the public is rightfully nostalgic for the vessel. Reporting in Juneau, I'm Jacob Resnick. Among Alaska's major cities, Juneau has kept up some of the most restrictive protective measures in the state throughout the pandemic. Now it is relaxing the rules while it increases access to public health tools for residents. And as Claire Strempel reports for KTOO, that seems to be working. The Juneau Public Health Center is kind of a one-stop shop for all the proven defenses against COVID-19. Are you guys giving away N95 masks? You can grab masks and test kits or walk into vaccine appointments, and it's all free. Uh, you have test kits? Yes, I do. Got two right here. If a public health initiative is measured by how much the community uses it, this is doing well. The first day Juno offered masks, about 300 people showed up and cleaned out the stock. Even on this average day, lots of people drop by for supplies. Gabriel Quinones and Jamie Campbell came by for masks because N95s got too pricey on the internet. They've loosened up on some of their restrictions. We kind of go out a little bit more, but we still practicing most of the social distancing and the precautions that we have taken since the COVID pandemic start. Martin Bowles also came in for a pack of N95 masks. He says he hasn't expanded his bubble and still doesn't go out to eat, but he and his wife do shop and use the pool. I don't think that I'm going to uh, be in public places without a mask anytime soon. I just I want to see what's happening. I fear that uh, states like Alaska may unmask too soon, so we'll see. Juno has hewn closely to CDC pandemic guidelines. But this month, the state's pandemic poster child dropped mask mandates for vaccinated folks. And city officials say they're envisioning a day when they can relax regulations even further. The city is loosening restrictions at the same time it's increasing the availability of tools to fight the virus. Test kits and masks are available at locations all over town, not just the public health center, libraries, the police station, and at City Hall. Another shipment of 24,000 KN95s arrived this week. I think adhering to these risk mitigation factors um, has really benefited our community. Allison Gotchlik is the nurse manager for the Juneau Public Health Center. I think overall throughout this pandemic, we have been really fortunate to have typically lower case rates, lower hospitalizations, higher testing rates. 
Um, and we have a really nice high vaccine rate locally as well. So restrictions are easing, but that's after some aggressive precautions. Juno schools have masked since in-person classes resumed last year, and there's a nearly 80 percent vaccination rate. A recent study by the local regional hospital found Junoites were more than 60 percent less likely than other Alaskans to die from COVID-19 just because they live here. And people are still getting vaccinated. We do still see people getting their first doses. Yeah, which is wonderful. Makes us super, we get very excited when we have somebody coming in for a first dose. Gotchlik estimates about 60 people a week come into the public health center for the jab, whether it's the first, second, or a booster. So if states that drop restrictions are letting the public fight the virus on its own, Juno's approach is to heavily arm the public first. And so far, it's working. And I think that's just a case study in how much, um, how much can change and how, how the nature of the virus can change. Robert Barr is the deputy city manager, and he runs Juno's emergency operations center. He says Omicron is a different variant than we've seen before. And at this point in the pandemic, that means a city with a very high case rate can still be only at a moderate risk for COVID-19. He would not have expected that six months ago. I would have been shocked, right? I would have been like, how, how? There's no way. Like, we can't deal with numbers that are that high. Some cities and states in the lower 48 have dropped restrictions. Barr said he thinks Juno's moving at a reasonable pace. But like Marlon Bowles at the Public Health Center, he's thinking about the consequences of dropping them too soon. One of the things that keeps me up some nights is I'm, I'm I guess I would just say I'm hopeful that we're not prematurely leaving the water, I guess, to use that analogy. Um, I, I don't think we are, um, but COVID has surprised us before. It's been three weeks since the city ended mask requirements for vaccinated people. Local hospital operations are normal. Case counts continue to drop. In Juneau, I'm Claire Strempel. Taking a look at the community calendar, there is no school today for Sitka students. Encounters North and Sitka Conservation Society partner for a special virtual screening of The Singing Planet Wednesday through Sunday, February 23rd through the 27th. To watch and sign up for tickets, go to wildchorus.org, sitkawild.org, or the Sitka Conservation Society Facebook page. Tonight at 7 p.m., there will be a question and answer session with Hank Lentfer and filmmaker Liz McKenzie. The Hames Center presents the Banff Center Mountain Film Festival World Tour at 7 p.m. today at the Sitka Performing Arts Center. For tickets and information, visit fineartscamp.org shows. You can call 747-3085 with questions. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.